This is Brian Bailey, Chief Marketing and Experience Officer with Metro Inclusive Health. You're listening to Inclusivity and Beyond, subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community. Welcome, 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 everyone. To everyone out there, welcome to Metro Inclusive Health Podcast, Inclusivity and Beyond. Tonight, we have a special series. It's our Color of Change series, and I have a special guest. Tonight, we're actually going to be talking about justice, sexuality, spirituality. And I first just want to introduce myself. I'm your moderator and facilitator for the Color of Change. And tonight's podcast, Tariko Perkins. Um, some in the community may know me as Tariko Ross. I'm also your current reigning Mr. Black America. So hey to all my uh, pageant followers out there. So be- before we get started, I have a guest with me on tonight. He's going to be um, a featured guest, so- someone that's very special to me. And I want to take the time to let him introduce himself and tell you a little bit about who he is. Uh, okay. My name is Anthony Armand. This is Anthony Irby. Um, to people who know me that way, um, I have been um, entertaining for 16 years as a male lead. I have been competing in pageantry for 14 years. Um, I'm originally, I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I went to grade school in Birmingham, Alabama, and I lived in Texas, and now I live back in Atlanta. I'm a makeup artist. Um, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much, Armandis, for allowing us to actually take some of your time and to actually speak with you and to join us on this platform. So before we get started tonight in our discussion, I actually have a video that I want to play that's going to segue us into our first topic on tonight. So we're going to go ahead and roll that video at this time. We like to start off by saying, praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, praise the Lord, everybody. This is sacred ground, but we like to give God praise wherever we are. So praise the Lord, everybody. If you have two hands and you have breath in your chest, I want you to put your hands together right now. Thank you very much. Good morning to everybody. I feel a lot of love in this space. I feel a lot of presence of God in this space. And I want to thank uh, Ms. Deborah Scott, the Atlanta Police Department, the Atlanta Fire and Rescue Team, Ms. Jemina, Antonio Brown, and his entire team, Dr. Bernice King, all the elected officials, and everyone that is assembled here today, I say thank you. This started off with a Facebook post on Monday morning, and God has completely blown my mind through this entire week. So it's a blessing to be here with you all today, to stand with you all today for what we all deserve and what we all need. Today we unite as a community, not only to fight for justice and equality and peace, but we unite today as family, not only to unite us from the police and different races, but to unite us as black people to to bridge the gap and divide that we have amongst our own community. Today, we unite as one body to empower the entire world. The universe is crying for change. The earth is erupting for a revolution, this revolution. Atlanta is a city of black excellence. Atlanta has always been a city of black excellence. Atlanta will always be a city of black excellence. We're here today to walk in excellence, to speak in excellence, to love in excellence, and to be with each other and teach each other what excellence is. Today we stand in solidarity and we stand for the lives that have been lost Mr. George Floyd, my friend China Gibson, Mike Brown, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, and hundreds and thousands of other precious lives that have been lost by the hands of authorities who were born to protect us. I cannot stress enough how imperative it is for us to not only learn all the new songs and dance moves, but learn who's running in your communities so that we may know who we're voting for, and not just checking a name on the box. It is extremely important as young people that we get out of our beds, we get off of Facebook, we get off of Instagram, we get off OnlyFans, and we get off Snapchat. We make a difference for the communities that we live in. 
Facebook message means nothing if you get up and do nothing behind it. Faith without work is dead. So I stand here today as a black man with my community, my friends, with all my family, and we're going to do this thing today, and I'm excited, and I'm glad that God is with us today, and I just thank you, man. Thank you for this opportunity. God bless you all. For anyone out there in the community, you have to have been hiding under a rock not to uh, have seen his protest that he organized on last week to actually help in the movement with Black Lives Matter and the social injustice that's going on. You have to have been asleep or hiding under a rock. So number one, kudos to you, Armandis, on an amazing, peaceful protest. You Thank are you. to be commended. You are a trailblazer in the community, and I commend you. I, I'm, I'm so, like, I, I can't stop smiling because for those of <laughs> you who don't know, we have history beyond just this podcast or this moment of what's going on now in our community. So I see the growth, and I'm just, like, so happy. So my first question for you is, what initially brought about your vision to organize a protest? Mm. Well, it just, it really started, I was laying in the bed one day, I woke up Monday morning, and throughout the whole weekend, it had been um, chaos, starting Friday night, it was just complete chaos, and I stay in what you would typically call a white area, mm-hmm. so uh, pretty much all of the protesting that was going on was in my neighborhood, so I really got to see exactly what was going on, so um all of the protesting and all of the looting and all that was going on right around us. And we was watching it unfold right in front of us on TV and looking out of the door and being able to see exactly what was going on. So I was like, you know, what can I do? What will be my, what was going to be my, um, my portion of change? What am I going to do in order for me to be able to say, I put forth an effort to put forth change of what's going on in, in the situations right now. So I woke up Monday morning, I saw a video on Instagram, I saw some men walking down some steps. And uh, one of the guys I know from Instagram is a, a stylist, he makes suits. And um, I, I inboxed a few people and I was like, you think it would be okay if I post this video? And it was like, yeah, post it. So I put an idea together, posted it on Facebook, and it just completely started blowing up. Um, so it went from me just getting like my friends and family together to protest and walk and dress up real nice and pretty much give homage to uh, George Floyd and Martin Luther King and so many other people um, to it went from us trying to get a hundred people to we had 400 people. And then it went from us having 400 people to the next three hours, we had like 800 people. And then we're from 800 people to about 1200 people. And then I got a call from the councilman, Atlanta City Councilman, um, about what was going on. So he had heard about it and he wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, we collaborated and he helped me out with the logistics of getting like police and getting the roads blocked off, um, having the fire team there, getting organizers there. We got Bernice King there. All of that was from him. So it just it just went from just having a Facebook idea um, with my friends to just like really blowing up. And we had almost 2000 people there for the same cause. And I thought that it would be good to have something for young people, something for old people, something for black people, something for Hispanics and, you know, all coming together for one big cause because pretty much everybody's tired. It's, 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 it's to that point where everybody is tired. All races are tired of seeing it happen. It's, it's just a disgrace. So I thought that it would be a good idea. And then we were on um, at the Martin Luther King Park. So that's sacred ground. You know, that's where a lot of tears have been shed. A lot of lives, you know, have been changed in that area. So I thought that would be a, a, a nice sacred ground for everybody to be on. And it was a lot of love there. It was a lot of connections made there. It was it was not your average protest. It was a whole lot. It was like a, a big, huge family reunion. Like people we haven't seen in whoever came together and we all was there for the same reason and it was beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. So what was the feeling? Um, I know growing up in Alabama and my grandmother protesting and marching for civil rights and things like that. And she would share the stories 
with us of how they would get to some of the protests and they would start singing and just the mm-hmm. whole uh, yeah. vibe and the um, emotion of being there took over. So actually yeah. going from your Facebook post, seeing this whole thing come into fruition and then being there in that moment with all your friends, all these protesters that are there, dressed nice, city councilman, um, Bernie's King there, <laughs> Martin Luther King Park. What was the feeling and what were your emotions at that moment in that time to see it all come into fruition? I was, I'm like, I'm still in disbelief. When everybody was starting to walk up, we was just sitting there and people just kept walking up and walking up and walking up and walking up. And I, I just couldn't believe it. And then um, I turned around and I looked this way and there was a councilman. Then it was another mayor there from another city. And then I looked up and then CNN was walking up to me, asking me questions. And then it was another lady walking up from a new, another news. And I looked right at all the news people were there. And then when I get to the back, he says, oh, well, uh, Bernice King is here. She wanted to speak. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> what? What? So it was, I still can't believe it. Like, it was so many people there. It was, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I believe definitely it. think for this day and for this time, you were definitely preordained to do the work that you are doing and to bring forth those efforts and um that was truly a work of god so i thank you once again for just your efforts and being that trailblazer in our community so speaking a little bit about our uh social climate right now doing like a temperature check on what's really going on dr king did state that rioting is a language of the unheard what are your views on the riots all the different outbreaks in the community what are your views on the rioting so, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> please, please be very honest. We're here to be totally honest. Now, I'm not for destroying anybody's property. Mm-hmm. I'm not for destroying businesses. I'm not, dis- I'm not, I'm not here for it. I'm not for, I'm not for that. But I am here for making the change. And I honestly feel like if those people had not done what they did, and this thing went from, it was in all 50 states. If these people hadn't stood up the way that they stood up, we would not be seeing the change that we see right now. Mm-hmm. So in a way, I mean, you know, I'm sorry that the people got their businesses, you know, vandalized and things like that, but people lost their lives. This is bigger than a business. It's bigger than a building. It's about people that are losing their lives every day. And, 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 and the great part in some of these situations, some of them have been recorded, but what about the ones that haven't been recorded? And the numbers the numbers of people who are just dying for no reason. So it's just, I think the riots is, is something that has just been boiling up. It's a whole lot of anger that's just been boiling up on so many different levels of just so much different confusion and just the, the earth is erupting. Right. Yeah. And it's something Dr. King said in, in a, one of his speeches um, our CEO shared with us last week. Dr. King said that writing doesn't just come out of thin air. It doesn't come from anywhere. So I feel their pain. I feel their concerns. I feel mm-hmm. where we are as a people. They're upset. They feel that their voices haven't been heard. They right. feel that we as uh, people of color, we keep losing our lives. No one's standing up for us. So I was kind of split myself when it came to the riding situation right. in Tampa, Florida, when it actually um, hit, it hit like on my street. Literally, as soon as you came out of my uh, apartment complex, they were like riding right there. Actually, the, a gas station right next to our house, they burned down and a man lost his life trying to defend the gas station. So I was so upset. I was so um, disoriented. Because mm. I think like this is our community. This is where I live. This is where we live. If we're right. burning down our stuff, then where are we gonna shop? Where are we gonna go? What if these people choose to not rebuild in our community? And then I thought about it again and I said, Well, it's um it's our community, but we don't own anything right now in the community. Right. So it was a catch twenty-two to it. So <laughs> um, so as things began to unfold, you know, my heart began to change and then 
But that same weekend, I'm going to stay at a friend's house because I'm like, there's so much going on. I get pulled over by the police and tag is right. Insurance is right. Um, driver's license are right. There was nothing. I wasn't speeding, but I was a black man in a uh, neighborhood that's predominantly white. Um, I was pulled over and they were simply like, well, where are you going? Well, what do you mean where I'm going? That's not, <laughs> I had to step back for a minute because we have to do a self-check with ourselves, and especially when it comes to the law and law enforcement, you know, so it infuriated me so bad. I got home and Oh, I got to my friend's house and I sat back and I kind of chilled for a minute and just kind of like decompressed and really thought about what just happened. And I'm like, that's why these people are rioting for the ones that um, truly are doing it, not to just loot and get uh, right. new shoes and sell stuff like that. But not that silly stuff. Yeah. Right. And so um, I just really want to pick your mind and see, like, what were your views on the rioting? So with the police brutality and the things that are going on, um, Defunding the police. So, in most cities, 3% of taxes and funding go to uh, policing and police efforts. How do you feel about defunding the police or taking some of those funds away from the police uh, efforts, seeing that they're using some of those funds now for, like, tear gas and uh, rubber bullets and and things like that? So yeah, I just feel like if, if, if you can take this money that's being given to you to buy... Weapons of destruction, um, weapons of defense, you should be able to support homeless people. So I feel like, you know, if they're going to give them money in order to do that, let's take that money away. Let's use that money to help the people that are homeless out on the streets and give them somewhere to live, like another shelter or build some shelters, some places for them to be able to eat every day or somewhere to be able to take a shower or somebody to where to be able to sleep in the middle of the night because we're in the middle of a pandemic. And everyone is being protected but them. They got, they're outside being susceptible to everything that's out there. And then when they had the riots, they said everybody's under a curfew. Nobody's allowed to be outside unless you're homeless. So why, you know, why are we giving money to people to buy weapons to go against what we're going, going, you know, protesting of right that's, you know, that's written for us to buy weapons to push us out and we're not helping the people that's laying out on the streets who are human and can't provide for themselves. So take it. Yeah. Take, take it away. Take it away. Okay. Take it away. I do believe that now, I'm for I'm for uh, paying law enforcement. Most of my family members from my government, most of my uncles, they are um, police officials or retired. Um, so I do see that there's a need for law enforcement and for police in our community when it's correct or the policing is not uh, destructing or being destructive or we're not uh, killing. So I definitely believe in um, paying law enforcement, but the funding, I do believe that some of those funds could be placed and could be moving around to other venues to help other sources. You just said we're going through the whole pandemic right now. Still, you know, we have this bubble that's going on, but then there's another bubble before this happened. You know, right. we're still going through this COVID-19 fight. So I definitely think some of those funds could be channeled another place or used a little differently. So Black Lives Matter. Something that I've seen on social media, I've seen a lot of people posting, okay, well, all lives matter. Black mm-hmm. lives matter. All lives matter. So before I state how I feel, I want to know, how do you feel about the slogan, Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter? I, I, I believe in my heart that all lives matter. Absolutely. Every life. White, black, purple, blue, green, yellow. Everybody lives, everybody lives matter, regardless. But right now, in this moment right now, Black Lives Matter. Because we're not seeing videos circulating of white women getting pinned down in the street with knees in their neck to death. We're not seeing white men being handcuffed and put down in the middle of the street with knees in their neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. We're not seeing black children, I mean, little white kids running around, getting handcuffed and thrown around. Um, Little kids being thrown around 
and thrown into police cars. We're not seeing that. So we're seeing that with black kids. So guess what? Right now is the moment that we're taking this time right now to let you know that black lives matter. So while all lives matter, right now, this black lives matter. Because it's, it's, it's just, it's, we're just at that point right now. And I think that people are really starting to get the picture. There's a lot of changes being made. People are tired of seeing it. I almost cussed. People are tired of seeing that. And, and you know, right now in this moment, like I said, all lives matter. But black lives matter right now. And this is the change that we all fight for, is that one slogan is black lives matter. And that means all of our lives. Gay, black, blacker, brown, light-skinned, <laughs> transgender, trans man, trans woman, cis woman, cis man, woman, child, all alive that are black under that same umbrella. <laughs> all lives matter. I agree. All of them. <laughs> Come on, fam. Now, see, I, I have the same sentiments, but to me, it's just like a house. My house is on fire right now. You paid so much money for your house. Your house is still very much so. It's important. But my house is on fire. So right. my house needs that attention at that time. So at this time, at this moment, help me put this fire out in my house. Right. <laughs> We're going to still go and cut your grass and do the lawn care in your nice, beautiful, magnificent right. house. But my house is on fire right now. So, yes, Black Lives Matter. All lives matter. But at this moment, the fire that needs to be put out is on Black and Brown communities. So right. let's... Let's get this water and let's put this fire out in this black house. Black right. lives matter. So we're on the same page there. So yeah. that was that was amazing. So <laughs> <laughs> even the fan, come on for the props. You're about to make me start pulling out props and stuff. <laughs> so my next question is: as a gay black man, do you feel African American, LGBTQ people that are on the front lines are looked at differently during this movement? Yeah, I, they could. You could possibly say that. Um, but in the same instance, just like I said, we all black first. Mm -hmm. If we get pulled, if 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 I get pulled over, or my neighbor next door he gets pulled over, the first thing they're going to see is the fact that we black. They're not going to ask us if we gay. They're not going to ask me if we straight. They're going to do what they're going to do regardless because they see what they see first. Um, I think that, of course, we looked at differently because we're gay. But just like I said, all of our fights are the same. We all fight for the same goal. We all fight for the same rights. And that's just, it's just, it is what it is. That's why I was saying, you know, when we were at the protest on Thursday, I'm pretty sure some people probably didn't even know that about me. And they probably didn't even care. Nobody ever asked. They just was there because that's what they were fighting for. And regardless of, you know who we choose to love or who we lay with or you know at the end of the day we have this in common and that's what we fight for to stop to stop the the prejudice towards this so being there on the front lines it wasn't oh um oh he's a punk or oh he's gay it's like no he's black or or this person yeah. white this person's brown we're in, in that moment it didn't matter yeah. it did not matter it didn't matter, period. It was, it, it, it just, it, it was like everything else was gone. It just didn't matter. We all were just fighting for, fighting for, fighting for our rights, fighting for freedom, fighting for justice. Awesome. So, in the community, well, a little bit about um, Anthony and myself. Um, we're both from Alabama originally, so that's the Bible Belt. We grew up in church and Christianity and, uh, Praise and worship. We sung in groups. We've been worship leaders. Mm -hmm. All these great things. So, before we switch gears, my next question is: In our community, the black church is like a staple. And in some um, some facets, if the black church says it, or if my pastor says it, that's law. Even if the mm -hmm. law is telling you something different, but if my pastor said it, if mm -hmm. my bishop said it, it's law. <laughs> <laughs> it's lost. So my next question is, what do you feel that 
the black church, what do you feel their role should be in what's going on socially right now? If, you know, if we weren't in a pandemic, it would be a lot different um, because I would, of course, I would say that I think that the church, you know, is our safe haven. That's the place that you use to get your prayer. That's the place you go to, you know, to cleanse your mind and cleanse your heart. But we don't really have that right now um, because we are in a pandemic and we know we have COVID-19. But I can attest and say that, you know, there are a few churches that I do follow uh, on social media and I'm, I'm a member of a church. And I've, I, from my personal experience, I think that they're doing exactly what they should do. They're still worshiping online. Uh, they're still donating to the cause. They're still making people very aware of everything that's going on and supporting each other in different business venues and moves towards protesting and marching and um, providing support to people, providing prayers for people. Um, so I feel like it's still being that safe haven. Um, so I can't really say what I think they should be doing because what I've seen is pretty much what should be done in a time like this when we can't really gather like we want to do on a regular basis. Um, I, from what I've seen, I've seen a, a, a lot of positive things going on from the Black Church. We just got a, a comment from Darius. Hey, Darius. Um, it's one of my friends. He actually says the church has been largely silent with the exception of some. So um, I guess they're, they're different opinions and maybe in some communities, especially for those churches that are like, um, what do you call them? What's the word? Uh, mega churches. Mega churches. Maybe maybe some of the communities feel that some of the mega churches, they could be speaking out more or um, joining the uh, fight a little more. I think that's a big Yeah, probably so. I follow Jamal Bryan a lot and that, they, they are, yes, okay. they're amazing, man. Let me tell you something. That church is amazing. That man is amazing. So I, I, that's one of the only other pastors that I really follow outside of my own um, because he has such a huge impact on people. And I just I just really like him as a person. Um, but that church has been doing amazing things every, every since COVID-19 started. When church was over with and they, you couldn't go, they just, it, they've been on top of it, period. Awesome. I can't really speak for everybody else's church. I don't know about everybody else's church. <laughs> I don't know about you and your pastor <laughs> <laughs> or what your bishop doing <laughs> right okay so this is kind of segueing us into our next actual topic but before we actually get started with that topic I have a video to actually share with you and okay. to actually share with everyone that's joining us uh, via live stream it's, it's going to be about six minutes but it's really really good so I need you guys to hold on it's some powerful stuff that's being said Okay. Let's talk about it. So let's go ahead and shoot that video. Uh, a young man was invited to do praise and worship. He was not invited by us. He was not invited by our church, nor anyone representing us. We didn't know the young man, uh, brother from the national church who we was working with. We were facilitating the service. We didn't put the service on. We facilitated it. And uh, we've just come out of our mighty workers meeting and we've had a marvelous marvelous move of god amen so uh knowing that it would come to heal for the workers meeting we still let them have their service and uh, i thought coming off of the workers meeting we, we had a good uh, turnout um because it takes a minute for people to regroup amen and so uh, but the young man um uh, when he uh, arrived, um, the young man uh, displayed, and no one would have known had he not got on social media and and made an issue of it. You know, uh, the young man uh, act like a homosexual, sound like a homosexual, and talk like a homosexual. Now, homosexuals are welcome to come to our church. Homosexuals come to our church. Homosexuals, there's, there's some homosexuals here. Probably right now. And if you are, you are welcome. We've never said homosexuals aren't welcome. But our position is this. If you are homosexual, if you are even effeminate, and effeminate, according to the scripture, is a man who acts like a girl, a man with female characteristics. This is why 
Uh, we do not uh, put before our children Madea, Shanae, uh, or any of these transsexual, transvestite, wicked characters. They're not funny. They're wicked. And if you find humor in them, you're wicked. And the Bible says, not only they that do the same, but they who have pleasure in them that do them. See, de depending upon what it is, I look at you funny if a certain thing can make you laugh. That's why I invited, we had a Christian comedian to come one time, John, I cut that out because I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's good for church to get people to come and make fun of how we do in church. So I cut that out. I cut that out. Amen. It's, it's not a ministry. We put, we put ministry behind everything. They give it significance, but it's not a ministry. Bible warns against a whole lot of jesting and joking. But the young man um, said that because uh, my uh, um, minister of music, Rayford, politely talked to the young man, not on the microphone, not on the microphone, not in public, but told him you cannot serve. Uh, the guy had earrings in his ears. The guy, the guy was clearly effeminate, and in his own post, he never said that he wasn't homosexual. Uh, uh, that would have been the first thing I would have mentioned. In, in, innocent people proclaim their innocence. Amen. And and and. One of the problems is, to be honest, that 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 has had to contend with, and and we have to contend with this. The problem is that churches across the have lowered their standards. So that's the problem. They've lowered their standards so that a guy, in time fast, if a guy was questionable, if he was suspect, he couldn't lead praise and worship. And that's still the standard here. Now, I, I don't apologize for that. And then the young lady, uh, she had things to say, but uh, uh, from what I understand, I don't know, but uh, some said that she said that she is the lesbian or whatever the case may be. Well, now, if that's the case, people who are, are living that way are welcome to church. They're welcome to hear the word of the Lord. But the Bible says, be ye clean that bear the vessels of the Lord. A person like that, how you going to lead someone in praise and worship? How in the world? A guy, a guy could not lead me in praise and worship acting like a girl. Not Patrick Wooden. No, sir. Matter of fact, I, uh, uh, um, uh, I almost didn't get saved. Because when I met the Lord, there was one guy there like that, and I told the Lord, I said, no, nah, I can't, if that's becoming a Christian man. And I, I was thinking, you, I, I knew intuitively that I wasn't supposed to be like that. And the Lord spoke to my mind and said, you don't have to be. And so I went on and, you know, made Jesus my choice. Amen. Um, uh, we have allowed effeminacy and feminine men to become synonymous with black Christianity. It's a disgrace. It's a shame before God. It's a shame before God. Let's give uh, Ella Rayford a big hand. Amen. He was polite, and, well, and, and he would have got up and put on a sissy show. And, uh, and, and the thing backfired. And really, what happened was, what, if you know anything about this church, uh, uh, it would have never been public. And if you know a thing about this church, a minister, Ray, uh, Elder Rafer, did him a, a favor because had he got up and would have been doing that, that one, the Mama Chuku, would have did, would have done what he did the last time.
uh, somebody was up like that, would have just called them off the stage, come in, sit down, you can't, you can't perform like that. There has to be a standard. There has to be a standard. There has to be uh, a standard. All right. So, <laughs> I've seen the video like five or six times, and each time I watch the video, I get another point out or something else that I want to say. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was writing notes again and oh. watching it for the fifth or sixth time. So before I actually share some of my views, I want to know um, from your standpoint, um, <laughs> I want to know, <laughs> I'm trying to get my thoughts because something else just popped up inside me and I'm like, okay, I just got a little hot. So we both grew up in the church. We're from right. Alabama, from Birmingham, Alabama, and Montgomery, Alabama. We grew up right. in the Bible Belt, Missionary Baptist for myself. So growing up in the church and also being in like praise and worship, singing in choirs and things like that, what are your views on this video hearing what was spewed from this pulpit? I just, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I just... That whole denomination in itself is just not for me. It's 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 just it's just not for me. It's too judgmental. Um, it's 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 just a whole lot that I just can't even associate myself with. And some it's it's, it's ignorance. It's complete ignorance. Like who are you to tell me? that my praise is invalid because of who I choose to be with or who I love or who I choose to live my life with. That has nothing to do, you know, with, with the church. That has nothing to do with anything. Who are you telling me? The standard is excellence. That's what the standard for church, the standard is excellence. When you present yourself in church, you always bring your best. No matter what your best may be, your best may be some jeans and some and, and some Jordans. That may be your best. So you present yourself in that. Your best may be a hat. Your best may be no hat. Your best, whatever your best is, that's what you present. When you sing to God, you present your best. When you pray to God, you present your best. There's nothing written anywhere that says, because you're gay, your praise is invalid. Or he doesn't hear you, or your praise won't be, your prayers won't be answered because you're gay. And that, that, that child, please, because we're gonna have we're gonna have to talk about this also well where I can really say what I wanna say. Because <laughs> you can say what you want to say. It's just uh, uh, like it I just it, it that was that was basically Trump. Mm -hmm. That's like that's like 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 a church a church Donald Trump. You're spewing, you're spewing hate towards a certain community. Mm -hmm. And then you said that something about trans and transgender and then throwing these pronouns out and then calling it wicked. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Address someone. And, and you're saying that it's wicked. These are people that you know nothing about. Nothing, absolutely nothing about besides what your eyes can see. You know nothing about them. And you're addressing them as wicked. Child, please come on. So for tell, me, tell me what you tell me what you think. So because I'm about, me, I'm about to blow a head gasket. So for <laughs> me, and for some of the people that are viewing, um, we would love for you to chime in as well. Also, during this time, if you have any questions for myself or Mondays, um, please place those in the thread and we'll try to get those through the chat. So my first thing is growing up in the church, religion sometimes can be so cliche. And you have those people, those ministers, those preachers, uh, uh, lift your hands unto God, all ye people, or they're quoting scriptures, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go <laughs> into the house of the Lord. You know, it, it, it gets so repetitive and so cliche. Um, but they use scriptures to paint their own narrative at times. You shouldn't lie with a man um, or, or, or someone of the same sex. Or, or they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because people were sleeping with the same sex. No, they destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for the theologians out there. They right. destroyed it because there was no one there free of sin. 
Let's be clear. Number Crystal. two, if we're going by scripture and we're referencing the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. Right. If we're doing that, then the Bible also says a man is not supposed to live or stay in the house with a woman when her menstrual cycle's on. You're not yeah. supposed to wear mixed cloth. Like polyester blends, that means you're going to hell. <laughs> if that's a polyester blend, if we're going by exactly what the word says. Exactly. Shellfish. Yeah, so, yeah, no shellfish. So we take our interpretation or ministers and people that are placed in leadership roles in our community and people that we look up to because in the black church, in the black community, our church, that's law for us. And so right. what's happened as a community, as a people, it's um, housed so much hate, so many um, feelings of resentment <laughs> when it comes to people People not being able to be their authentic self because they're worshiping somewhere they can't be affirmed or you can't. Listen, I just saw this on Facebook today. Earlier today, somebody made a post. And it may have been yesterday, whatever it may be. I don't care. And there's no shade to nobody. I'm, it's on Facebook. It's public for everybody to see, so I won't talk about it. Somebody made a post saying, I guess they were referring to, uh, of course, we all were watching um, George Floyd's funeral. Other, yesterday, and Neo had on a hat, as well as um, there was some other men in the in the building that had on hats, and there was this big uproar about these people having on hats, men having on hats at church, and it's out of order, and 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 and, and so many other things. But you know what is really out of order is a pastor having a baby with someone who is not his wife. That's what's out of order, not a hat. What's out of order is a man being married to a woman, but having a secret sexual relationship with a man and not telling your wife. Or a man having a, a wife and he's having a relationship with a man and she's having a relationship with a woman. That's out of order. Not a hat of somebody coming up with the purest heart to pray and to sing and to minister to people that are hurting. That's what's out of order. What he said. Don't tell me about no hats. Don't tell me about what somebody's wearing to church. That's why people don't like to go to church to begin with. That's why we have so many people who's, I have so many friends. And it, you know, sometimes I'm like, why you going to church? And I'm like, why you going to church? And it's all my experience and my experiences. And I'm just like, well, what are y'all experiencing now? So many things are coming to light for me. People, church people are so judgmental. It's ridiculous. As soon as you go to church, if they don't have on what you think that they should have on, you're looking at them crazy. What they have on don't have anything to do with what's going on. Your attention should be what's up in front of you at the front of the church. What's going on around you has nothing to do with anything. Anything. And I'm going to say that. I'm going to leave it right there. I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> oh, no. When, when it comes to, to our um, mega churches and to these uh, shepherds that we begin to follow a lot of times for my spiritual people out there, you have to have that personal relationship with God yourself. Number one, that's how I truly feel. Um, but now with times being so inclusive and, and um, times changing and we're evolving, ministry has to change. Ministry has to evolve. Anything stagnant is dead. <laughs> right. Pretty much. Anything stagnant is dead. So ministry changes, times change, you know. So number one, the the a pastor saying them and 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 um if they were like that and and, and a trans transvestite. Number one, if you're in charge of uh flocking sheep, number one, learn proper pronouns. We're mm -hmm. in a day, a time and a age to where as people want to feel like they're included. So be inclusive when it comes to your ministry. He kept saying, um, you can come to church here. I'm sure some gay folks in the church right now, but you're telling me you're going to tolerate me being here. You're going to take my tithes. You're going to take my offering, but you're going to pre preach hate to me. Right. Tell me that I'm condemned and I'm wrong for how I am and how I was born. You're going to tell me that 
but I can't work in ministry. Both of us, we've, we've sung with groups, we travel, we tour. So you're going to tell me as a gay black man who I know I'm, I'm, I'm safe, sanctified, and filled, <laughs> you can't tell me that, you know. You're going to tell me I can come to the barbecue, but I can't eat no meat. Not at all. <laughs> you gonna bring? Not you gonna tell me I can? I oh you come to the barbecue? Yeah, you come to the I can't handle potato salad. I can't handle ribs. I can't handle hot dogs. Nothing. Oh, but I can come. I can bring stuff. I can bring in the meat for everybody else to eat. But I can't eat none. Mm. Or you can't serve it. You can't serve it either. Oh, but I cook better than you. But I can't get up there. I can't. I can't. I can't cook. I can't cook. I got a good praise on me, but I can't serve in ministry. No. I cook better than you, mm-hmm. but I can't come up there and cook. So look, so so this leads me to my next thing. So at this point, now let's go into sexuality and in the church. So sex in the church, number one, is taboo. That's something growing up, missionary Baptist, we don't talk about. We did not talk about church. We did not talk about condoms. Now, being a uh, prevention, health, and sexual uh, education specialist, we go out into the community. We test. We do outreach. And some of our biggest pushback is from the churches not even wanting condoms there. But it's young mothers that are um, coming up pregnant. People are popping up with, like, STDs, HIV, um, different things are actually happening. So the need is there. So... My question is, as a nation, we're fighting to, like, end the epidemic. We have this whole plan going on. We're, like, orchestrating this big plan to end the epidemic. So with that being said, do you think, because we grew up during a time where it was vacation Bible school, it was Sunday school, it was uh, Wednesday night Bible study, (laughs) (laughs) Revival for a week where we have to go and oh sing at another God. church. And, some, uh, some about it. Right. So do you feel in this day and age that the church could um, afford to bring in some sexual education or some sexual help? Why or why not? I mean, they talk about everything else. Why not? We just saw a whole video about a man talking about somebody being gay. And I'm sure there were children sitting out there. So we're talking about people being gay, and we're talking about trans, uh, transvestites, and trans this and trans that. You're throwing those pronouns out there for the kids to hear, and they're going to take it and misinterpret it to their friends and everywhere else, and you and use that as triggers and everything else that they like they've been doing. So why why in the hell would you not talk about sex in there? You got choir members and you got children of the pastor. Who are having babies? That, who are having babies and they're getting them aborted? So yeah, there needs to be some condoms in the church. If if the daughter of the pastor is having babies and she's getting aborted, she should been using some condoms. Or if, the if pastor had, is having children out of right, get the pastor some condoms. Maybe if the if the condoms was at church, he would go up to the front of the church to get some condoms and take them with him. Then he would having them babies behind his wife's back, and now all these children coming up and he got to pay child support and all that. And something I found, too, when someone can feel like they're not judged, they're more willing to take the help. When they feel that they're not judged, right. they're teachable. It's so many young people that go, to ch- that, that, that go to church, young mothers and young teenage girls, young teenage boys. Y'all want the people, y'all want a millennial change. You want everything to be millennial. And you want the young people to come to church. And you want everybody to stand together. But you don't want to teach them about sex education. And how important it is to know about protecting yourself and wearing condoms and 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 what you or what's gonna happen if you don't wear one. And well, tell and, them about prep. Even prep. prep. That was so. What crazy. a prep is. What pep? That's two different things. Prep and pep. What I bet so you ask somebody. Know, there are options. There are options for you. Yeah. We get so closed off with our black church and our spirituality and getting on our holy roller field. To whereas we're losing. They act like people not human. These are humans. These are people. They get young folks be horny. Tell them about it. Tell them about it. Tell them about the feelings that they have and talk to them about it. Why wouldn't you want to have that at church? You that that like I said, that's just supposed to be your safe haven. This is a place where you should come to be able to talk about anything, anything that's bothering you, whether it's the mental health, whether it's sexual health, 
whatever type of health, health, sugar health, it's, you should be able to talk about that at church with somebody. Mm-hmm. And you said something. You just hit on something, which is going to be a whole nother segment. I'm going to bring you back with that segment, like maybe you and two other people I can think of. Something that you hit on, mental health. Something yeah. we do not talk about in the black community is mental health. Something our, our um, counterparts, our Caucasian counterparts and other um, counterparts do, they seek therapists, they go to counseling, they go um, speak to someone. That's a part of self-care. But yeah. us it's regular for them. In the black church, in the black family, we're taught, oh, we don't talk about crazy. You just ask, well, what side is your crazy people on? <laughs> mm-hmm. You do stuff like well, that. You know, it's just brushed up under the rug. It's just... Oh, don't worry him. He just he just a little crazy. Don't mind him. Sorry about that. It, it froze for a second. We don't sit there and we uh, let our children know, hey, it's okay to speak to someone, but mental health, that's a whole nother... <laughs> Baby, please don't get me started because it's a serious <laughs> situation. And you know I worked in a mental health clinic for years. And uh, baby, let me tell you something. That is that is a serious situation. And we'll get, we'll get there when we get there because that's going to open a whole nother door. But and just a plug, just a plug for anyone that's in the Florida, the Tampa, Florida area, St. Pete area, Metro Inclusive Health. That's something that we actually offer behavioral health. So if you are out there, if you're seeking it, hit me up, hit us up, go to our website, metrotampabay.org. We definitely can refer you to those services. So back to what we're talking about. Okay, now, so inclusive churches. So we've talked about the traditional church and, you know, um, things we can do um, to kind of like start to uh, dispel some of these myths and these things that the church like put out there. Um, Number one, I definitely feel, going back to the condoms and um, things like that, I definitely think we can save people. Mm -hmm. It will will help. A lot of situations will be prevented. Not all, but at least some. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a part of ministry, saving lives. That's a point of sa- that's a part of saving lives. Sexual health is a part of saving lives. Mothers getting pregnant, you know, condoms, prep, things like that. That's all a part of saving lives and ending this epidemic that we're fighting for. And the church is such a big pillar in the black community. We're missing the mark. We're missing it's the mark there. Completely. So inclusive churches. I know since um we've been friends, father and son for a long time. So I've been with you through um, different church transitions and things like that. So inclusive churches are like popping up all over now. So tell me how your transition has been from coming from that uh, traditional church to more a more inclusive church or affirming church now. What's that been like to be somewhere where you can really be fed? Mm. It's, 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 it, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's totally different, but the praise is still the same, if not stronger, because you're, <clears throat> you're, you're affording the opportunity to, to actually be who you are. Um, and you, you, you don't really have to shelter off who you are. You can truly come into a place where it's open to all. And the first thing that's important when you walk through the door is just praising the Lord. Um, it was a few years ago before I became a member. I was actually opposed to going to the church that I'm a member of now, a member of Vision in Atlanta. Um, I was opposed to going because of so many of the things that I have heard before. So I was like, you know, I can't be that way. I need to experience it for myself. So one Sunday I got up and I went. And man, let me tell you, I was completely blown away. I was just blown away, like the entire experience just completely blew me away to see that it was just people was just praising God and it was just unfiltered. It was un or it it was just amazing. And every experience, <clears throat> every time I go there, it's like that. And I, I started to go and I started to um listen more and the way that the bishop you know delivers everything that he says it makes so much sense. And it's not all this Taoist and thine and then and then. You know, it's, it's really telling you exactly what is being said so that you can understand what exactly he's talking about. Um, and I, I don't think that I have ever been to a church 
but been a member a member of a church where I have been fed as much as I'm being fed now. And I've been I've been a member there for years. And it's 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 a different experience. Like you're able to actually come and just like it's just be who you are. You can express yourself. You're able to, you know, experience God in a true way because everything is blocked off. You don't have any nothing is nothing is holding you. Nothing is holding you bound about, you know, who's sitting next to you. It just really doesn't matter. So I I, I think that it's 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 been great. It's been one of the best experiences with religion that I've had since I was here. <laughs> and to everybody out there, if you missed like the first part of this conversation, you definitely want to come to the barbecue and you want to be able to eat. So right. I'm glad that don't you invite me to the barbecue and I can't eat. If I I know that at my church, if I am good at something and I want to present that. I'm going to have the opportunity to present that because it's excellent. And that's all the standard. Like I keep saying, the standard is excellence. That's all God looks for is excellence. When you present anything to him, he wants it to be excellent. Don't half do it. Don't bring him a half empty glass. Bring him your best. And I feel like at my church, no matter if I wanted to get, if I, if I went to buy a toe bishop, I said, Hey, I think I, 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 I really got a prayer I need to get off my chest, and I think that it's gonna be good, Doc. I need I, I know that I would have that I could be able to have the opportunity. Well come on down there's a, pray. Yeah, come on, pray. <laughs> and I know if there's a song I want to sing, I'm gonna be able to get up there and sing it. If it's excellent, not if I it, it, not if, I, if 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 my <laughs> mannerism's right, or you know, or I got on if I do or do not have on a hat. You need to take your earrings off. Well, I'm gonna have to take my earrings off or Please don't stop me up. Oh my God. So, so my next question is looking back, we went through several topics during our conversation today. So looking back and thinking about spiritual growth, sexuality, coming out, being black, being being active in your own self-care, whether it's mentally or physically, talking about getting tested, being African American in the current climate. If you could speak to someone, a younger person or someone um, that's coming up in the community, someone who's looking for spiritual guidance, someone who's looking to find themselves, um, someone who's looking to find a place in the community who may possibly be scared to go get tested or scared to um, pick up condoms or scared to uh, join the uh, protest and fight um, or scared to just be themselves because they haven't, have, haven't yet been affirmed. What would you say to them? What type of advice would you give that person? Mm, that was a whole lot of people right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a whole lot of people you just said. We covered the whole gamut. You're black, Woo, baby, tell you're me about it. Black, you're, you're black, you're gay, you're all black. that. You I, need some mm. self-care. What would you speak well, to the person? If, or, or, or let's phrase it like this. If you could go back to your younger self, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Mm, baby, let me tell you something. If I had the sense that I had now, back then, child, I probably would be, I probably have my own planet. <laughs> I probably have a planet out past Neptune somewhere. <laughs> I, I think that people um, always, and I, I'm guilty myself, I always dream small rather than dreaming big and opening my mind to the bigger possibilities of things that could come from you, who you are. Believing in yourself, believing in what you have to offer. And like I said, I struggle with this myself. Like I said, the the protest that I did on last week started off with just a Facebook post and I was asking about 100 people and it was flipped tenfold to almost 1,200, 1,500 people. I would have never thought that about myself. But that's because I never I never put that in my mind. Okay, hey, I'm going to shoot for a thousand people. I shot small when I should have been shooting big. So I would say, tell people that, you know, don't sleep on yourself and what you have to offer, not only to just a small group of people, but potentially the world. You know, dream big. Don't shoot yourself small. And, and people who 
Um, I heard you say something about protests and who are afraid to protest. There are other ways of getting your message across rather than doing what I did on Thursday. Um, doing what I did on Thursday was a protest. That's something that I never even thought, I never even dreamt about. But there are so many other ways that you can get your message heard. Number one is voting. Being registered to vote. Um, knowing who is running in your neighborhoods and, and, and in your districts. Knowing those people that are running for office and getting to know those people and what their values are. And, and really fighting, you know, getting your family registered, getting your friends registered, getting everyone you know registered to vote is a part of making the change. Donating to people who are out protesting is a way to change. It costs $2 to go buy a pack of water that has 24 waters in it. You can go down to the protest and hand out 24 waters. That's 24 different people that's in the, that now has water. Then you spent $2. Yeah. That's a way to support, you know, the causes. And write emails, calling people. You have power. These things right here have power. These cell phones have power. If you call somebody, call your governors, your city councilmen, your mayors, send them emails. People may not respond on the phone, but they respond to paper. Send emails out to people. Demand change. If y'all don't want to go out there and be on the front line, say, okay, I'm going to get 10 of my friends over here today. We're about to send 100 emails. And we're going to send them back to back to the same person. We're going to send them to Keisha Bottoms today. All 10 of us, we're going to sit here for an hour and we're going to do nothing but sit here and send emails all day. That's a part of, you know, being a part of the change. You don't have to be out there to do that. It's it's, 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 it's it's a lot of different advice that I have um, coming up in black church, being a gay guy and, you know, experiencing discrimination and stuff like that. I would. Being a gay, a gay guy growing up black, you got to have some tough skin because you're going to be called some names that a lot of other people are not going to be called. You're going to be treated a different way than a lot of other people are not going to be treated. Number one, you treat it different because you're black. Then you treat it different because you're gay. So anybody that's growing up, I would just say you're, just, you're going to have to find your inner strength and your inner peace to be able to let stuff fall off your back. You're going to be able to, you have to be able to hear comments and hear comments and let, let stuff swap past your head. You can't fight everybody. You can't beat everybody up. That's not going to be the case. What's going to be, what's going to be your victory after, is is being what they said you couldn't be. Mm. Is doing what they doing what they thought that you couldn't do, or what they never thought that you would do. That's what's going to be your defense. So just like myself, a lot of people didn't think that I would be where I am today. I never thought I would be who I am today, but I fought with my defense and I believed in myself and I kept doing what I knew what I needed to do to be who I am. And, and and people give you advice all the time. Take the advice, but you have to stay true to yourself and do what works for you. You can't do what works for the next person. I can't do what works for you, and you can't do what works for me. But what works for me is the best for me. And you have to take your best, and you just have to shoot off. <laughs> you got to shoot off. Whatever it is that you're good at, take it and shoot off. If you're good at singing and you know you're a singer, you know you ain't flat, you ain't pitchy, you need to be a singer and you need to take oh, that and fly with it. You know what I'm saying? You got to fly. If you're good at cooking or you're good at making stuff, do that. Don't let anybody tell you what you can't do and what you're not supposed to do or what you're not allowed to do because you're this or you're that or you're black or you're gay. And, you know, you can't do certain things. Just like we have politicians that are gay. You will, you will probably hear some people say, you can't be a politician and be gay. You can't be a, a governor and be gay. Yes, you can. I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to show you. Yes, I can. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to show you. So I just think that having self-confidence and being true to yourself is, is really a strong attribute to have when you're growing up being black and being gay and especially if you're finding yourself growing up and you have um, thoughts of being another sex, another sex, another gender, you're going to have to be a strong person in order to be who you truly are inside of yourself. It takes a really, really strong person. That's amazing. Thank you so much for that, Armandis. I um, do want to let 
everyone know that's actually following us tonight that the color of change was something that um, felt in my spirit about maybe a month and a half, two months ago. And of course, I work for one of the most amazing organizations out there, Metro Inclusive Health. And we do so many programs and so much in the community, but I felt like myself as a black gay man in this community, in this field, that there was greater work to be done and a voice that needed to be heard. So henceforth, The Color of Change came about, which is a cultural sexuality series. And we started um, virtual Zoom, you know, since we're in the pandemic and everything. But since then, we've actually um, come to the virtual live stream. And you can find us starting tonight. Um, we'll be here once, maybe twice a month um, with topics that are going to be geared toward the black and brown communities. But we will be be alive, Facebook Live, YouTube Live as well. And um, I just want to thank you, Armandis, for actually coming and sharing with me tonight. And um, yes. it was, it's always great catching up for a lot of people that may not know that don't follow pageantry or our um, chosen family. Armandis was one of my first sons. And um, also, he was one of the first people to bring me around pageantry and male lead and male entertainment and since then we both won several titles and uh-huh. have all these great accolades i'm the current reigning mr black america but we're both mr black universes right um, both, so rulers. Them, both rulers um so another family that i was fortunate enough to be a part of is the westland pageantry system i'm a former mr westland and on last wednesday for westland wednesday they did a powerful tribute of what's going on it was a all-star tribute. Thank you, Armandis. I'm going to have you back soon. I have something in mind already. I have you and two yes. other people, so... Yes. Um, you will be back. back. <laughs> you and the fan. <laughs> Shout out to, to Prashard Williams, one of the awesome leads here at Metro. Thank you for all your help. Thank you for helping me with my vision. Thank you so much to our CEO, to Nate, our director of initiatives here at Metro. Thank you for all your help, your support, for helping me and this platform. Thank everyone so much. This is only the beginning for us. So look out for us. Look out for the post. Our Mondays, I will have you back. So in okay. closing, everyone, thank you. Everyone have a great night. Bye. listening to inclusivity and beyond with metro inclusive health subjects that impact the health and wellness of our community want to hear us cover a subject in the future email us at lgbtq at metrotampabay.org for sponsorship information contact james k at metrotampabay.org